Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 67 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. David Nelson was born in 1936 to the famous show business couple Ozzie and Harriet Nelson and got his own show business start on the family radio show The Avengers of Ozzie and Harriet in 1949, playing himself. In 1952, the show moved to television, where David continued acting along with his younger brother Ricky Nelson. David also directed several episodes of the TV show in the 1960s, as well as several other TV shows and movies throughout his career through the 1980s. David also had a long film career, starring in several movies from the 1950s through the 1980s, with his final acting appearance in 1990's Crybaby. He died on January 11, 2011, age 74. Now sit back and enjoy the June 23, 1956 broadcast of The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Present the amusingly transcribed Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring America's favorite young couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. It's almost breakfast time at the Nelson's house. Harriet Nelson, the chef, has been down in the kitchen getting things under control and is patiently awaiting the mad stampede. The thundering herd of male elephants, that is, uh, Ozzie and the boys, should be approaching any minute now. Listen, I hear footsteps. Hmm, just David. I guess they're coming single file this morning. Morning, Mom. Is breakfast ready? Mm-hmm, just about. I'm kind of in a hurry this morning. Well, you must be. You even beat your father, and he knew we were going to have French toast. I hear somebody say French toast. I knew that'd bring you running. Can we start now, Mom? Well, you can, but wouldn't you rather wait until I've made the French toast? <laughs> yeah, what's the big hurry, David? We're having a baseball game this morning, and I'm going to pitch. Oh, yeah. I thought Rick was going to play, too. Well, he was supposed to, but I doubt if he does. Why? Why not? He probably won't even get there. He's such a slowpoke. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Neither would he, but it's true. <laughs> he never gets anywhere on time anymore. Well, he's your little brother. You ought to try and help him. Oh, I do, Pop. He asked me to wake him up this morning for the game. 
Yeah, you sure did all right. Uh, hurry up, Rick. You're late. I've been in the shower. You mean you're actually taking a shower without being told? I sure was. Next time, make David tell me when he's going to throw me in. <laughs> oh, you didn't really throw him in the shower, did you, David? Oh, of course not, Mom. I put him in there very carefully. <laughs> now, I don't think that was a very nice thing to do, Dave. Well, golly, Poppy, you asked for it. What do you mean? I almost got drowned. You said to be sure and wake you up. I was getting up. Slowly, but I was getting up. <laughs> the trouble with you is you're just a slowpoke. I am not. I bet you won't even get to the ball game on time. Come on now, calm down, will you, fellas? Yeah, David, just calm down. I'll get to the game, don't worry. Like you did last week, I suppose. What happened last week? He begged us all week to let him be bad boy, and then it was time for the game, he didn't show up. I got there before the game started, didn't I? Well, if he got there before the game started... I'm sure he had all the bats. <laughs> <laughs> guys were sure sore, too. Well, why didn't you get there on time, dear? I don't know. I just didn't realize what time it was. Well, you have to learn to organize yourself, son. Time is a precious thing, and when you're late, you not only waste your own time, but you waste the time of other people, too. You're in an age now where you're developing a pattern of life that will determine what kind of a man you're going to be. You've got to learn to keep aware of what's going on around you. The old expression of knowing what time it is has a lot of meanings. Trying to make a good subject for your speech, Pop. What speech is that? At the sports luncheon today. You didn't forget, did you? No, 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 of course not. <laughs> you sure that's today? <laughs> oh, sure. I didn't know you were going to make a speech. Well, it's not exactly a speech. The high school baseball coach just wanted some of the fathers to say a few words. You're sure that's today? Oh, sure. It's the last sports luncheon of the season. Are you going to give a lecture, Pop? No, not a lecture. I'm just going to say a few words. What are you going to speak about? Well, I'm not sure yet. I'll, uh, I'll think of something. <laughs> I think that stuff about being on time is good. Yeah, say, that might be okay. Yeah, it could be tied in with sports. You know, being on time, having things organized. Mm-hmm, that is a good subject. It could also apply to getting things organized in the home, don't you think? Yeah, I, I suppose you could apply it to almost anything. I was thinking about the house in particular. You know, organizing things, getting things done. Well, no, uh, I didn't say anything about getting things done. <laughs> yes, I know, but I did. As long as you were talking about time, I thought it was about time you got around to fixing the light on the back porch. Oh, you mean today? There's no time like the present. Well, I have to replace the whole socket, Harriet. I have a new socket right in the pantry there. All you have to do is put it in. Oh. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Say, I don't suppose there's any chance of my getting out of this. Not much. No, not much. <laughs> Sounds like you can't get away, Pop. You're a prisoner. Yeah, and Mom sure makes a pretty good warden. <laughs> what do you mean, pretty good? Oh, well, uh, he means you're uh, a pretty warden and a, a good warden. How's <laughs> your guess, Pa? Oh, he's a pretty fair diplomat himself, but I'm afraid it won't work this time. Well, I might as well get out the porch and get it over with. Don't you want your French toast? It's coming right up. Uh, just uh, slide it through the bars, warden. <laughs> Doing, huh? Oh, hi, Thorny. Oh, what's it look like I'm doing? Looks like you're making a mess out of your back porch. 
I happen to be fixing this light. Well, that light hasn't worked in over a year. Well, it's going to work now. Uh, would you hand me a screwdriver there? How did Harriet trick you into fixing it? Well, she didn't. I tricked myself. <laughs> Pretty clever guy, aren't you? Oh, I don't mess around, boy. <laughs> well, you better not mess around that socket with that screwdriver or your messing around days will be over. No, don't be ridiculous, Tony. I got the house current turned off. I know that much, at least. Hey, you're a regular young Tom Edison, aren't you? Yeah, I really wouldn't say that. Neither would I. <laughs> well, we got a busted lamp at our house, and I thought a little flattery might get you over to fix it. Oh, I'm sorry, Thorny. I have a speech to make at the sports luncheon this noon. A speech, huh? Hey, you're really on the sucker list today, aren't you? <laughs> well, it really isn't what you call a speech, exactly. I'm just going over to say a few well-chosen words. That's even worse. Sounds like a lecture to me. No, I've given my lecture for this morning. Oh? Who was the unhappy victim? Well, it wasn't exactly a lecture. Who was it, Harriet? No, no. You know, I never lecture Harriet. Of course not. Usually pick on one of the boys, because they're too small to fight back. (laughs) Now, just a second. That David isn't so small. He's getting to be quite a big guy. Oh, so you were living dangerously and gave David a lecture, huh? No, I was playing it safe and gave the lecture to Ricky. Besides, he was the one who needed it. In what way? Well, the kid has suddenly developed a habit of being late for everything, Thorny. Has absolutely no conception of time. Well, so what, Oz? He's just a kid. Well, I know, but I don't want him going through the rest of his life not knowing what time it is. Well, I wouldn't worry about it. After all, he's your son. If there's anything to this heredity stuff at all, he'll... He'll, um... (laughs) Yeah, I see what you mean. It's about time he learned the importance of responsibility. You know, the fact that other people may be depending on him. I remember when I was a kid, I was the same way. Until one Christmas, my father gave me something that straightened me right up. Oh, I think spanking the boy's a little old-fashioned. <laughs> I mean, he gave me a watch up. Not an expensive one, just one of those uh, moderately priced watches, I think it was. But it told time, and that's all that mattered. Yeah. You might have something there, Thorny. Run downtown now and, and buy him one. Yeah, he'll love it, Oz. Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, thanks. And believe me, those things really last, too. I had it till I got to college. Then I finally had to get rid of it. Uh, what happened? Did it break down? No, no, it was running fine. But I just got a little self-conscious when the fellows around the fraternity house started calling me Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Fine, I guess. But didn't you play? No, ma'am. Those darn guys. What did they do? They started on time. (laughs) Well, I'm afraid it's your own fault, dear. I thought sure I'd get there. Well, you left the house so late. No wonder you didn't make it. I told you you should have left with David. Ah, you're just the young man I want to see, Rick. Who, me? That's right. He didn't get to play ball in the ball game because he was late. Well, I think we have a solution to that sort of thing. Just what I want to see him about. Here you are, son. Let's feast your eyes on this. Gee, a watch. Is it a real one? Of course it is. Say, that's a beauty. Who's it for? It's for this young gentleman right here. You mean me? You're the only young gentleman here, aren't you? Well, be careful how you answer that, Ricky. It may be a trick question. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's no trick at all. Just look at this watch. It's got a second hand, it's waterproof, and it's shockproof, too. No kidding. Sure, let me show you. Hey, be careful of my table. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, listen to it, Rick. What do you hear? Nothing. It must have stopped. <laughs> Stop? Well, a man said you could 
Oh, oh, wait a minute. I forgot to wind it. (laughs) (laughs) That'll help. There you are, son. As the old saying goes, wear it in good health. Oh, boy. Thanks, Pop. Oh, uh, wait a minute. And here's another feature. It has a luminous dial. Isn't that lovely? Yes, sir. Luminous, huh? That's right. You know what that means? Sure. It means I won't be in the dark about what time it is anymore. Well, sir, this is going to be quite an important day for Ozzie Nelson. He's going to make a speech at the high school sports luncheon. The subject of his speech is the importance of being on time. This is quite appropriate, too, because just this morning at breakfast, Ozzie stressed the importance of awareness to David and Ricky. Hey, Pop. Oh, hi, Dave. Hey, why are you all dressed up? I'm leaving for the luncheon now. I'm supposed to be over there a little early. Oh. Now, what's the matter with this table lamp? Won't it work? No, I must need a new bulb or something. I talked to Mr. Hendrickson about the speech you're going to give. He liked it very much. In fact, he wants you to be the first speaker on the program. Oh, so uh, reminds me, I better jot down a few notes. Well, just what you said at breakfast sounded fine to me. Oh, you like that, huh? Yeah. So did I. Wish I could remember what I said. (laughs) It was about being on time. Yeah, I remember that much of it. Uh, What time is the luncheon? It starts at 1 o'clock. Oh, well, that'll give me an hour or so to put something together. Let's see. I have to think of a good title first. Uh, how about the importance of being on time? Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Today, I'm going to speak to you on a very... <laughs> a very timely subject. <laughs> no, that's a little corny. <laughs> I'd better get going. I'll see you over at the lodge hall. Okay, Dave. The subject of my talk is the importance of being on time. Oh, Pa. Yeah? Don't be late. (laughs) The time is 12.35 and 10 seconds. That's right. Ricky! I'm in here, Ma. The time is 12.35 and 20 seconds. That's right. What are you doing? I'm just making sure the telephone company gives people the right time. The time is 12.35 and 30 seconds. That's right. The operator hasn't made a mistake yet. She has to have a pretty good watch, too. Well, how about hanging up now? Somebody may be trying to call us. Okay. The time is 12.35 and 40 seconds. That's right. Move over there. I want to plug in the vacuum cleaner. This is really a swell watch. I'll bet I'm never late for anything again. That's fine. Never late Nelson, they're going to call me. That's fine, dear. Yeah, I wish I had something to do today so I could be on time for it. <laughs> you want me to stick around just in case you want to know what time it is? <laughs> no, thanks, dear. I'm sure that won't be necessary. Oh, that's funny. What's the matter? I don't know. Something seems to be wrong with the vacuum cleaner. Uh, Harriet, can I read something to you? What's that? Uh, the talk I'm going to give at the luncheon this noon. See how this sounds. Since the beginning of time... 
Men have been late. <laughs> How do you like that? Oh, it's very good. It's a short speech, but to the point. No, 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 no there's more as if you didn't know. That's just my opening little uh, uh, joke, so to speak, a little, little smile. Oh, I thought you were only going to say a few words. Judging from that manuscript in your hand, you prepared quite a sermon. No, no, this is just a rough draft. Naturally, I plan to go over it and cut out one or two pages. Well, don't you think you better hurry? What time's the luncheon start? Oh, uh, not until one o'clock. And plenty of time. It's only uh, 11.30. That clock isn't right, Pop. Well, of course it's right, Ricky. It's an electric clock. I'm afraid it's wrong, Pop. I know. I got a watch. You can take Ricky's word for it, dear. He's been listening to the time signal for the last half hour. But that clock always keeps perfect time. It says 11.30 right on the nose. Seems to me it said 11.30 a couple of minutes ago when I walked in here, too. It said 11.30 an hour ago. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me take a look. Well, no wonder this clock has stopped, Harriet. Well, something must be wrong with the power. The vacuum cleaner won't work either. Well, what do you suppose happened? Could it have been something you did when you were fixing the porch light? Well, what could I have done? It's a very simple operation. You turn off the electricity, fix the light, and turn on the... the uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what I could have done. I, I could have forgotten to turn the electricity back on again. Gone, that's exactly what happened. Well, I wouldn't get upset about it. It's nothing serious. Oh, holy smokes, I just thought of something. If that clock has stopped, what time is it? Would you like me to tell you? Please do. At the tone, the tone... Ricky, what time is it? Ten minutes to one. Oh, well, that gives me exactly ten minutes to get cleaned up, shaved, and get dressed and get over to the lodge auditorium. Harriet, I can't possibly make it. Well, just get over there as soon as you can. Oh, this is going to be very embarrassing. I show up late and give a talk on the importance of being on time. You've only got nine minutes and 30 seconds now, Pop. Come on, dear. If you hurry, you won't be too late. Those luncheons never start on time anyway. This will probably be the first one that ever did. Well, the longer you wait, the later you're going to be. Nine minutes and five seconds, Pop. Well, it seems to me... No more stalling. Nine minutes and three seconds. Okay, okay, I'm going. <laughs> Are you ready yet? I'll be right there. You've got one minute and five seconds, Pop. Coming, coming. You better hurry. Well, believe me, I am. One minute, Pop. Okay, I'm ready. I didn't have time to shave, but I think I look all right. You look fine, dear. Here, will you fix my cufflinks while I put on my tie? Thirty seconds. You know, maybe I shouldn't even go to that darn luncheon now, Harriet. Well, you've got to go, dear. They're expecting you to speak. I know, but Twenty it's seconds, so... Pop. Yes, thank you, Ricky. <laughs> you can't let David down. I've already let him down. Hey, maybe we could call and, and say I'm sick. We? Well, you could call. Oh, no. Well, you've got to, Harriet. I'm much too sick to call. Huh? Yes, Ricky. You're late. Probably somebody calling from the lodge hall. Tell whoever it is I just left, Harriet. Well, go ahead, and then I'll be telling the truth. Let it ring. They've got a lot of nerve hounding a man just because he's a few minutes late. One minute and 18 seconds late, to be exact. You better get going, dear. Harriet, I can't face those people now. But you've got to. Maybe I better answer the phone. No, 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 just leave it alone. I know I'm late. They don't have to call just to tell me that. 
I've got a son with a watch. Here's your coat. Hey, wait a minute. This may work out after all. I'm late, right? Right. Two minutes and 15 seconds. Thank you, Rick. I'm late to a luncheon where I'm going to talk on the importance of being on time. Do you see what I'm driving at, Harriet? No. Well, I'm going to be the example of what happens when you're late. Do you get it? No. Well, look, by being late, I point out exactly what I'm talking about. I'm a graphic illustration of my speech. I'm the horrible example of the confusion and the embarrassment that occurs when a man is late. Oh, now I see. Sure, do you like the idea? No. <laughs> well, you can take my word for it, Harriet. This is brilliant. Not brilliant, but it, it's a, a good way to worm out of an embarrassing situation. Yeah, I guess it's a pretty good idea at that. Hadn't you better hurry? No. The later I am, now the better. <laughs> The perfect dramatic effect is for me to arrive just after they've finished lunch. Mr. Hendrickson, the chairman, rises, looks around the hall in a bewildered sort of a way, taps on his water glass, and he says, Gentlemen, I can't imagine what's happened to our first speaker for today. <laughs> this is brilliant, Harriet. <laughs> Gentlemen, I uh, can't imagine what's happened to our first speaker for today. It's all right, sir. Here I am. I'm here now. Oh, thank goodness. We were getting worried. Gentlemen, I have committed an unforgivable act. I have been late for this important luncheon. Thirty minutes late, to be exact. There is no excuse for my thoughts. By being late, I have not only caused a lot of confusion, but I have inconvenienced all of you. Oh, that's perfectly all right. We understand. No, no, no. It isn't all right. It's a terrible thing to do. Now I must apologize. Naturally, this is as embarrassing to me as it is embarrassing to you. Believe me, gentlemen, I sincerely and humbly apologize for my rudeness. Now, you have just witnessed what happens when a man is late. Confusion, inconvenience, and embarrassment for all concerned. <laughs> now I can tell you that this was my way of illustrating the subject I'm going to speak on, the importance of being on time. <laughs> I hope you'll forgive this rather dramatic uh, presentation. Professor, Professor I, I beg your pardon. I, I hate to interrupt, but I thought you were speaking on Plato today. Well, no. Uh, David told me you were very happy with my choice of subject. Uh, David? Uh, who's David? Well, that's my son, Mr. Hendrickson. Mr. Hendrickson? Who's Mr. Hendrickson? <laughs> Aren't you Mr. Hendrickson? Oh, no, no. I'm Dr. Pepin. Who are you? Well, I'm Ozzie Nelson. You mean you aren't Professor Higgins? No, I'm sure I'm Ozzie. Uh, you mean you aren't Mr. Hendrickson? No, I'm Dr. Pippin. Well, where's Mr. Hendrickson? I don't know. Where's Professor Higgins? I don't know. Where am I? You're at the semi-annual luncheon of the Philoclean Literary Society. <laughs> you mean this isn't the luncheon for the High School Athletic Association? Of course not. Now, what have you done with Professor Higgins? <laughs> Sorry, my bus was delayed and I got here just as soon as possible. Uh, Mr. Hendrickson? No. Uh, Dr. Pepin? I'm Dr. Pepin. <laughs> I'm Professor Higgins. Well, I'm Ozzie Nelson. Have you seen Mr. Hendrickson? <laughs>
Hey, Pop, I've been looking all over the lobby for you. Oh, David, where is everybody? Well, the luncheon had to be postponed until 2.30. Well, what happened? I don't know. Somebody got the plans all mixed up. Some literary society is using the dining room right now. Yes, I know. I- I've met them. <laughs> I phoned the house, but nobody was home. Oh, then you're the one who called. Yeah, how come you didn't answer? Well, I'd already gone. Oh. <laughs> Well, it's hard to explain, David. This has been a very frantic day so far. Real crazy. Yeah, it sure has. The luncheon starts in an hour, so we better get going, Pop. We'll have to hurry, too. Wait a minute. We'd better get going where? Where everybody else is gone. Home to get some lunch. I can't wait until 2.30 to eat. Oh, oh, we're home, huh? Yeah, come on. Uh, suppose you lead the way, David. I'm not sure I can find it. Vern Smith saying, tune in again next week for another transcribed adventure of Ozzie and Harriet, starring Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.